The Pilgrimage of the Heart podcast is brought to you by PYO.Yoga, an online studio for all your yoga needs, including videos in Spanish and Russian. This podcast is also brought to you by Pilgrimage of the Heart Yoga, located in San Diego and serving over 1,000 yogis a week. Hi, this is Sujantra. Join me now and every week as we explore yogic philosophy and apply it to our daily lives. So in terms of the um, Ramayana, so again, the ancient, um, the ancient story, you know, we're talking, so Rama, the mantra Ram, centered in the solar plexus, Rama, and talking about the, um, the solar plexus being the center of love, one of the fascinating things about the Ramayana and the journey of Rama is the different types of love that take place in the story. And so we were talking a little bit in the meditation class about the transformation of love. So we could say that there's animal love, which you could say is based on um, like physical connection, whether it's you know giving birth to an, another being and loving that being, or whether it's um, a connection based on pleasure. But it, it's it's physical. It's it's very it's sensual. So there's that dimension of love. But then as we um, are able to expand it, then we enter into other kinds of love. And so in the journey of the Ramayana, there's, um, there's different relationships that are bound by tremendous love. And then throughout the story, there's different challenges that... Um, that arise in those relationships. So for those of you who have been here uh, to come into the different uh, classes on this, what's an example of one of the relationships that, that we're, we, we're learning about? What, what, what are some of the different relationships? Sita? Sita and Rama. Yeah, so, so there's... Yeah. He was totally in love with her, but he threw her out because of other people. Right. Okay, so that's a good example. So one of the principal relationships in the story is the, the love between Rama and Sita. <clears throat> and so it's like fairy, it's fairy tale love. You know, they meet, he performs the, the incredible act of heroism in order to, um, to win her. I think it's with the, um, is it the sword? Or the, I think he takes the bow, the huge bow of Shiva, and he's the only archer who can pick it up and string it and, and use it. No one else can even pick it up. So this incredible act of valor, and then they have this, like we say, like fairy book romance. And a lot of times, 
especially in Western fairy tales, it's like the ride off into the sunset together and it's happy ever after. But, but the great thing about this book is, um, as we know in life, things don't always go like that. And so <clears throat> then what happens later on in the story is Rama has to choose between his love for Sita and his, what he considers his duty as the king. So you have Rama, the love for his wife, but at the same time, he has the love, the love for the kingdom. And regardless of how you judge his decision, what he's having to deal with is those two, those two dimensions of love, the love for the one person or the love for the kingdom. And he ends up um, having to make a really intense decision. So that's a... Um, and, then, and then what happens is when Sita, she's banished, you know, he orders her banished, she has to leave him. She's gone for 10 years, she comes back. And, you know, she's still totally in love with Rama. <clears throat> comes back, they're, they're back together at this big festival. And then um, Rama again insists that she prove her, her purity, that you know, she wasn't, um, uh, that she didn't have any misconduct with the evil guy. And so she's t- still totally in love with Rama, but then she does something completely unexpected. And so um, she also makes a big decision. And so you, you, you have these different elements of love taking place. <clears throat> and what's a, any, can anyone think of another relationship in the story? The brothers. Yeah, so you have, we have the four brothers, two sets of brothers, um, and they have their binding love for each other. You know, they're um, <clears throat> 100% for each other, and yet when, when Rama gets banished, so you know, the, um, the king because of his love, you know, he loves his children more than anything, but he's made a promise to one of the wives who saved his life. So, of course, he loves her. Um, he's bound by his, his promise when she saved his life. So now he banishes his son to the forest, and the four brothers who had vowed always to stay together and, and um, be comrades and, you know, always stay together, now one of the brothers is asked by his father to, to rule the kingdom. And so again, he has to decide between his love for his brother, who he wants to be with more than anything, because these, these four brothers are um, so noble and bound together, and yet here comes his father asking him to perform his duty. So again, the, um, our, our ability to love isn't just like a singular... Um, small dimension thing. It's really expansive and life is constantly calling us, uh, challenging us to expand uh, our sense of love and make it, make it vaster. And yet, with Chris?
Right. Yeah, good point. I forgot about that part. So at the beginning, um, uh, when Valmiki's first sitting there, he's agreed to do the um, to do this task of trying to do the Mahabharata, but he doesn't know any poetry or anything. The, the two lovebirds are up in the tree. So again, you have this beautiful love, and then the hunter shows up, shoots one of the birds, it dies. And in this tragedy of the bird's death, Valmiki's sitting there. He can't believe what hatred is in the world. But then in his, he curses the guy. He curses the hunter. But his curse is actually like a beautiful poetry, the way he says it. It comes out poetic, and he keeps repeating it over and over in his mind. And then from that is born poetry. So again, you have love, you have heartbreak, but then from the heartbreak emerges the, um, the next dimension. And so being aware of that in our own lives. Okay, let me read a passage here. <clears throat> So here's a a nice description of Rama. And this is after the the king has given his wives this heavenly uh, nectar and she gives birth to these four sons. Their father lit their birth fires in jars of earth. He named them on the 11th day of their lives. And the entire kingdom danced in the streets and rang all the temple bells. Rama grew to be his father's favorite son. Rama was not tall and not short. He had more energy than he had more energy than the sun and a deep voice. He had colorful green eyes. His skin was cool, soft green and so smooth even dust would not cling to him. His wavy hair was dark green. He walked like a lion. The soles of his feet were flat and marked with royal Dharma wheels. There was no hollow between his shoulder blades on his back. His arms were long and reached to his knees. He had 40 identical white teeth, all shaped like pomegranate seeds. His thumbs bore the four lines of knowledge where they joined his hands. He had high shoulders like a lion and a graceful brow, a broad chest, three folds in his neck at the base of his throat, like the spirals of a shell. He had deep collarbones and a long tongue, a sharp nose, heavy jaw, and the eyelashes of a a bull. His breath was lotus-scented. Of all men, only Rama was born knowing his own heart. Of all men, only Rama was born knowing his own heart. And a lot of the description of Rama is really rooted in those, in those first three chakras. You know, so the skin is green. We talked about the, uh, the solar plexus being the color of green. So he's like, a, in one way you could say he's a mythological character and he embodies um, these energies, these energies of, of mythology. He, he's, he has more energy than the sun. So that's also... Um, uh, an image connected with the solar plexus is, is the sun energy. 
And so he embodies that. So we, so we all have the same capacity. We have these same primal energies that, that bring us into existence, but they get covered. We, we're not conscious of them. And so he has, he has more energy than the sun, green eyes, green skin. So he's got this, he has this power to him, the deep collarbones, the, the eyelashes of a bull, so all these elements, these energies of the three chakras, this power, but then all, of all men, only Rama was born knowing his own heart. And so one possibility, one way to look at this is that Rama is, is like the next level of consciousness. So the book is saying of all the men, only Rama was born knowing his own heart. And so in the, just like we think of the evolution of a species on a physical level, also we could say that humankind is evolving. And so there's some people who are further ahead in the evolution. And, and they, uh, they like are, are signposts for us. So if you look and you think in your own life who you feel to be exemplary human beings... You know, when you're growing up, you have your idols in sports or the movies or those things. But then when you think on a, on a level of consciousness or a level of awareness, who do you really admire? And if you think about those people and think why you admire them or why you revere them or honor them or respect them, a lot of times it's going to come down to um, th- their, their hearts, their compassion or their love or their self-giving, their service to others. And so those people really set a, a role model for other human beings. And they, they raise the, the level of conversation or they raise the bar of what it means to be a human being. And so, hence, of all men, only Rama was born knowing his own heart. And then just the one example of the brotherly love. So Lakshmana was the brother who was closest to Rama. And it says, Lakshmana was Rama's second self. He was Rama's own life walking beside him. He always kept Rama company and served him in everything before himself. Lakshmana would not sleep without Rama near him nor eat unless Rama shared his food. When Rama went riding on horseback, there rode Lakshmana behind him, holding a bow. So that brotherly love. He was Rama's own life walking beside him. So that love and that devotion. And then that's also called into question during the story. So there's some run-ins with Sita. Okay. So there we have it. (laughs) Off into our lives this week to see see what um, is in store for us, what life has to teach us. 
Thanks for joining us. This has been a production of Pilgrimage of the Heart Yoga. Join us at our studios here in San Diego or visit us online at pyo.yoga. Namaste.